You're listening to Boxed Out, a show that tells the stories of coaches, athletes, and creators from all walks of life in an effort to encourage you to pursue your passion and write your story. My name is Dalton Christopher. I'm a content creator best known for my work in collegiate athletics and for my role in this wild world of sneaker culture. I'm sitting down with people to talk about their processes, the lessons they've learned along the way, and how they make an impact in their own communities. The goal of this series is to remind people that no matter what they do, they are creating something, and it's important to remind ourselves of the impact our creation has on the world around us. This is Boxed Out. Welcome back to the Boxed Out Podcast. My name is Dalton Christopher, and I hope that you're off to a great start this week. For all of our coaches and ADs and all of our athletic staff that are listening to the show, wherever you're tuned in from, I hope that you're having a great start to the academic year and your athletic seasons. Listen, we've got a great interview today for the podcast, and before we get to it, I need to go through a couple of quick housekeeping notes just to get them out of the way. First and foremost, next week on the show, we're going to be debuting our co-host, and that's going to add a whole other element to the show. I'm really excited to bring him onto the program and uh, get things going, so stay tuned for that for episode three. That'll be out next week. You can stay tuned also for our YouTube channel, and yes, yes, yes. Uh, I know the vlog has been super inconsistent. I I know I'm my own biggest critic. Um, It's been a busy year. However, uh, I truly enjoy uh, documenting these moments throughout the year and sharing them with you guys. So, uh, Monday, September 13th at 8 p.m., the first episode of the new vlog will be up. And this time, we are going to have it up pretty consistently. Uh, At least we're going to try to. But I know um, I've gotten a lot of requests to bring the vlog back so we're going to work on that stay tuned for that for all the new information about the podcast episodes or the new youtube episodes stay tuned to my instagram it's at a5 not approved for the time being that's going to be the hub for all things boxed out podcast and just all things going on with me so um, stay tuned to that as well listen today we have got a great interview with richard westerland richard is the headman's basketball coach and the athletic director at great lakes christian college and Great Lakes Christian College, if you're not familiar with them, they compete in the NCCAA in the Mideast. They are a powerhouse, uh, in my opinion, a great competitive team that just always brings the best out of everybody they play. And um, one of the, let me tell you from a personal note, um, you know, something not even really related to the podcast, but just my own experiences. You know, being a member of the NCCAA and being a member of the Mideast has been such a blessing uh, in, in my own life, in my career. Um, you know, it's such a great group of uh, just leaders and people that are working in the lives of young people across the country. And um, it, it's been such a tremendous blessing to be able to get to know some of these folks behind the scenes. And, um, you know, so often you see the things about <laughs> the latest basketball score or the latest soccer score or, you know, you, you see those things, but you don't really know the people behind the stories. And uh, one of the goals of this show is not necessarily to talk about just basketball or talk about you know what happens on the field or on the court. This show is about philosophy. It's about inspiration. It's about finding just the, the things that make people get up every day and just keep inching closer and closer to their dreams and to their goals. And uh, one of the things you're going to learn today about Coach Richard Westerland is he has a very, very deep-spirited you know, internal push Uh, to reach greatness and uh, I think you'll be very moved and inspired by his story and I'm not going to keep you waiting on that I want to jump right into it so welcome coach Richard Westerland thank you for joining us today welcome to the Boxed Out podcast for those that don't know you please go ahead and just introduce yourself and um, tell us where you're at right now yeah thank you so much for having me on so um, I'm from originally from Baltimore Maryland Uh, currently I'm at Great Lakes Christian College here in Lansing, Michigan. Um, I'm the director of athletics and head men's basketball coach here. And so I'm just really blessed and fortunate to be in the position I am, uh, the position I'm in right now. Um, And so really thankful that God's opened up a lot of doors for me in my journey, Um, a lot of doors that I probably didn't deserve, but really thankful that he, he made those things happen for me. You know, Coach, you mentioned being the head men's basketball coach and also the athletic director there at Great Lakes. I I know you and I both know in the world of small college athletics, there's so many different hats you wear on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis. Kind of give the listeners an idea of all the things you might run into uh, in a typical day or a typical week. Uh, In your role at Great Lakes Christian, there's so many different things you do. 
kind of give us a run through what that looks like for you. Great Lakes. Yeah. So, I mean, right now we're in preseason. So, um, juggling, you know, lifting and conditioning, uh, along with open gyms and workouts and things like that with the guys. Um, those are typically, uh, early morning, six, seven AM and then in late evening after the gym's being done or after gym's done with uh with volleyball. And so a lot of times that's early morning, late nights. Um and then during the day to day, you know, I, I run all the athletic website stuff. I do all the eligibility, the live streaming, um, managing student workers, uh, making sure our athletic facilities are top notch and then we're growing as a as a department. Um, we now have uh, a full time uh, soccer coach slash assistant AD, a full time athletic fundraiser slash women's basketball coach, and a game day manager slash athletic recruiting coordinator. So we've got um, a growing in our full time staff. So managing those people and managing my part time coaches. You know, my whole goal is is to make my coaches' lives easier um, by giving them the resources uh, to help build their culture. Um, for their program and obviously have that fall in line with our department culture um, as well. And so within that, there, there's different administrative meetings that I'll, I'll have to attend, um, you know, COVID meetings. You know, obviously we'd love to have COVID be done, but the reality is it's not. So I'm involved in, in a lot of different committees. Academic Standing Committee meeting is tomorrow, which basically we go through every student at Great Lakes to figure out if there's any students falling through the cracks to get them extra academic help. And so I'm pretty busy on the day to day. I pretty much touch just about every every part of the the school at Great Lakes um, because I also teach a class. So I'm also involved in the academic side too, not just with the relationship with the professors, but also teaching teaching a class as well. You know, Coach, you mentioned the uh, COVID committees, and uh, you know your team uh, had quite a quite a run last year in the regular season and the postseason. Um, you know, you all had the significant challenge uh, that COVID gave you all in the state of Michigan. And, you know, while I think every institution has been struggling with uh, the pandemic, you guys had a particular struggle when it came to travel last year. Do you mind to kind of run through some of the things you all ran into last year with that and, and what you guys faced? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first obstacle that we ran into was that it ran through our team. You know, I think it was the two days before our first game, uh, we had um, – 16 out of 20 members in our program test positive for COVID. And so that delayed us uh, two weeks. And within those two weeks, we had eight games. And so we had to push all those games back. Um, definitely was a challenge mentally for our guys. Um, and then just trying to figure out, hey, do we want to keep playing or, 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 we, or where are we at with things? And so our guys after the quarantine voted that they wanted to keep playing and keep pursuing things. Um, but then our state was one of the most strict states when it came to COVID rules that our governor required six tests a week just so that way we could play in the state. Um, and we just did not have that in our budget. And so credit to our administration, they were phenomenal. Um, they said, hey, we want you to keep playing your schedule. Just go play out of state. And so we moved all of our games out of state. Um, we had the uh, schedule kept changing week to week, day to day because of different COVID things with other teams. Um, but a positive, if there was any, was because we had so many guys test positive, we were within our 90 days for the majority of our season. So we could play uh, freely knowing that we would be okay. Um, but we also played, I believe it was 28 straight road games from November 17th through February 6th. We were on the road. Uh, we spent over 40 nights in hotels. Um, we traveled over 17,000 miles. I did the the – our calculation, we ended up spending two weeks of our lives in the vans that we drove everywhere. And so it was definitely a challenge. It was hard, um, but it was something that, you know, I really appreciate about that group, the way they they came together and, and attacked the, the difficult circumstances to have the season we did. And, and we definitely started off our season not so great. We went started off 2-11. But we finished 14 and three. And so I couldn't be more proud of how our group handled the situation. I think there was a, there'd be a lot of teams that could not do what we did. In fact, there were a lot of teams that didn't do what we did. They just canceled their season or they punted till January. And so we played the most games at our level uh, across the country. Um, and so I was really proud of that. And I think that, you know, our administration really put their money where their mouth was and said, hey, we're going to give our kids the experience we promised them. And so, Really thankful that we were able to play all the games that we were able to. 
you know, Coach, the, the one word that comes to mind just hearing the journey you guys went through last year is just commitment and, you know, seeing something out. Um, you know, going back kind of in your, um, you know, your experience, where did you first have that, um, that resemblance of just this idea that once we get through something or we have an idea where we're going, we have to be committed to it and carry it out? You know, where was that ingrained in you first uh, in your lifetime? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it starts with my parents, right? You know, my mom and dad, um, they raised a, a large family. I had six brothers and sisters, two being uh, handicapped with muscular dystrophy. Um, and so I saw my dad go to work at uh, leave for work 730 in the morning every morning. And he would get back about nine o'clock at night every night, Monday through Saturday. Only day off was Sunday. And so, you know, seeing his work ethic to provide for us kids, um, every opportunity that we wanted was was something that was ingrained in me. And then seeing how my mom would somehow juggle raising seven kids, uh, making sure dinner was on the table and still uh, still get us to all of our sports practices and games. You know, she was a superwoman. And so seeing how tough my mom was and how, how you know, dedicated my dad was to put food on the table every night, um, you know, it just, it was just second nature to make sure that I had to, I had to work hard, you know, and so, my mom and dad, they, they ingrained that at, at an early age. Every Saturday morning, we had Saturday morning chores that we couldn't do anything until we got those chores done. Um, it was famous Saturday morning chores. Like my friends, when they come over on a Friday, they knew if they were here on Saturday that they were helping with Saturday morning chores. Like that was that was the Westerland family rule. Um, and so, you know, but my parents, they they made sure they un- they that we understood that we had to work hard and we had to earn everything. Um, and that if we weren't prepared to do that, that we weren't going to be handed anything in life. Um, and so that included, you know, that, that was just how we were brought up. Oh, absolutely. Coach. And, and, you know, I'm curious, do you ever have those moments where you kind of recognize, okay, you know, this is something that's ingrained in me and now I'm carrying it out in my career. Like, how do you see those, those early lessons playing out in your day-to-day life uh, now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, I have, I have a very unique perspective. Um, you know, my my brothers, Bill and David, you know, they would love and they've passed away by now, but they would have loved the opportunity to, to, to walk every day and, and play sports and, and do those things that we get to do as able bodied people. Um, and so for me, when, when when things get tough with my job or, or it's a long day, you know, I think about what my my brothers had to go through every day living in constant pain and being in a wheelchair I understand the fact that I have a privilege each and every day to do what I love and, and again what I do it, it yes it's work but to me it's not working the same breath because I, I get to do sports you know like I get to coach basketball there's a lot of people out there that have much harder jobs than I do um, and are in much worse situations so for me I look at every day as an opportunity to get better and every day as a gift and every day as an opportunity to, 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 to change the world. And so, you know, my brothers, they were able to do that um, in their limited time on earth and, and they had so many physical limitations and they, they did not allow that to prevent them from making an impact. And so my goal is with my everyday life, I want to make an impact each and every day. Um, and so the situation I'm, I'm, I'm dealt with whether that's a good situation, a bad situation, I believe it's all perspective. And so, you know, my brothers um, and the way they live their lives and the way my parents, you know, taught us to live our lives, it's, it's stuck with me every day. I take that to the office every day. I take it with my life lessons. I've had some great mentors and coaches who've impacted my life and poured into me. That's given me perspective. So, you know, when you say has those things get applied in my everyday life, absolutely. You know, I'm taking lessons like this that I've learned each and every day and trying to impart those lessons on my students and my student athletes. You know, coach, going back, I, I believe everyone obviously knows kind of uh, that moment when they were called into their career or called into coaching or, you know, whatever field you're in. But I also think everyone kind of has that moment in life when they figure out who they are and they kind of realize like, these are the things I believe in. These are the things I want to act out. These are the things that I, I want to carry on. When did you have that moment in your life where you realized, like, okay, these are the things my family have has instilled in me, and this is what I'm going to do in my day-to-day life? Yeah, so, I mean, I knew that, 
you know, my mom and dad, they always said, you're, you're, you're going to be a leader, Rich, like that, that's who you are. Um, and so, you know, they forced me to be in leadership positions. We had talks after every game, you know, if I, if I led correctly, not about performance or anything, but am I being a great teammate? Am I leading, you know? And then when I got to high school, you know, my coaches saw something in me that they, they put me in leadership positions, um, you know, on, on teams and, and so that, that's something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be a leader, you know, and I knew my sophomore year of high school that I wanted to be a coach because I just knew the impact my coach had on my life. And so if I had the opportunity to impact as many lives as my high school coaches did, I felt like that would be, you know, just, you know, a tremendous thing. Um, I think as a, obviously as a young coach and, and maybe, well, I'll come back to that because I think that's a little tangent about, you know, my journey. But basically my my high school coaches, you know, they put me in leadership positions um, and, and asked me to lead. And so, you know, the thing was I, I knew I wanted to win and I knew what went into winning was meant that I had to lead. Um, and so I was really fortunate that I had coaches that believed in me and poured into me and, and really wanted to cultivate those leadership qualities. Um, and so – you know, I played three sports in high school. I played soccer, basketball, and baseball. I was all conference in all three for all my years there. And so I had a really successful high school career that, you know, I knew that I was going to play in college and, and I wanted to play at a college where I could play all three. You know, we were, my twin brother and I were getting recruited to play at higher level schools for one sport, you know, but for us, we wanted to play all three sports. And so that's why we ended up going to Lancaster Bible College and and Pennsylvania was because it gave us the opportunity to play all three sports. And we really connected well with, with the, the soccer coach there, Josh Beers. You know, coach, you mentioned relationships and I, I think you and I would both agree the relationship between a coach and student athlete is amongst the most critical uh, in a student's college career. Tell me a little bit about some of the relationships you had with some key coaches growing up that kind of inspired you to carry out the relationships you have with your student athletes now in your career. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think like in high school, two of the most influential coaches I had were Mr. Tex, who was my high school basketball coach, and Coach Booker. Um, uh, coach Booker ended up being an assistant for me at my first college job. Coach Booker taught me how to really study the Bible for myself. You know, I think that was a huge thing for him. And he was really practical in, in challenging me, okay, hey, this is what you believe and why you believe it, you know, and so and it wasn't just biblical. It was just like worldview too. So why do I believe this? And, and, you know, it didn't, it wasn't because I I didn't believe the same way as him. He just wanted me to have proof as to, okay, Hey, support why you believe what you believe. You know, Mr. Tex, he, he poured into me and saw something in me that I didn't see in myself that, you know, wanted me to, wanted me to lead and wanted me to be the best version of myself. And he challenged me to be that guy each and every day. As I went into college, you know, there were really um, three coaches in the college level that had a huge impact on my life. You know, the first being Josh Beers, the guy who recruited me. You know, he's now um, the president of One Life in Pennsylvania. He was the VP of student experience at Lancaster Bible College, um, but now he's taking a new position. Um, and he just was so relationship driven um, that it, it he modeled what I wanted to be as a coach. Um, and I remember one lesson I was going through the motions in a warm-up. Uh, we were just getting touches in a soccer drill, and I wasn't I wasn't going as hard as I should. And uh, Coach Josh, he, he made me run 120-yard uh, sprints for 15 minutes. And he said, Richie, you know, why, why, are you, why aren't you busting it? And I said, Coach, you know, the other guys weren't busting. Why are you picking on me? He said, comparison's a thief of joy. I didn't ask you what the other guys were doing. I asked you if you were giving me your best. Your job is to give me your best each and every day. And that lesson has stuck with me, and I've used it multiple times with my guys. But Coach Josh would always give us those life lessons gems. The next guy would be Luke Luke Gibson, who's the head soccer coach at Karen uh, University in Pennsylvania. Luke was somebody that um, came into my life and, and just really poured into me when, when I was struggling. You know, I barely made the college soccer team at Lancaster Bible because I came in as a keeper, and they decided to switch me to the defender. So I didn't know I was even going to make the team once they did position switch. But – Coach Luke took the took a time to pour into me, um, and he just has given me real life advice. You know, he he is. We have real conversations. He was when I got married, he was second in my line. He was right behind my twin brother um, because we've just done life together. He's been there for every good moment and every bad moment. Um, 
Dave Nets challenged me. He was an assistant soccer coach. Dave Nets challenged me um, to to really think more um, intellectually about you know why I do what I do. And so um, Coach Dave gave me just quick lessons that you know, I've stuck with me. He gave me the the success alphabet. Like each each letter in the alphabet stands for a different word that that goes to to our character. Um, you know, as I think about my professional career, you know, I was still in college when I got my first head coaching job at a, at, as a high school coach. Um, and Brian Wilson was so vital in, in shaping me. He was the administrator at Hartford Christian that I couldn't thank Brian Wilson enough for teaching me professionalism and what it means to be a coach and how to handle certain relationships. Um, and so Brian Wilson is still the principal at Hartford Christian. Um, and I will never forget what he's done in my life and how he's continued to pour into my life. Um, and so those are just a couple of the guys that have had a huge impact. There's so many others, Leon Thomas, some of my pastors, Todd Barton, Ryan Dupay, Mark Bouslog. Um, there's a lot of men who poured into my life and, and I am a byproduct of those people pouring into me. Um, and so I'm not there without those guys. You know, I'm not where I'm at without them because they have had difficult conversations with me. Um, they've challenged my thoughts. Um, they picked me up when I've messed up. Um, and, and so they encouraged me. Um, and so I'm so thankful that, that God's placed all those men in my life. So coach, take us a little bit through kind of your timeline, your early days, uh, as a coach, your early days in your career. Tell us some of the experiences you had, some of the stories you had, kind of those first steps into your career for where you are now and kind of what made you realize, you know, this is my calling. This is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I think when I, when I got that varsity coaching job, you know, so I, you know, I, I got hired about three weeks before the season started because I got hired on as assistant. Um, I, I just wanted an opportunity. And then the administrator was also the head soccer coach and he just didn't have the energy to do the men's basketball job anymore at Hartford Christian. I said, well, I'd love to do it. And so I think the thing was me at 19 years old, when I got that job, okay, I knew the idea of coaching and what it was, but I knew nothing, but I thought I knew everything. You know, I literally thought I knew everything and I was in for a rude awakening. Like I had to learn the hard way. We went six and 22 that year. Um, it was still more wins than what we had the year before, but it was a struggle. I mean, we lost our first 12 games. I had parents ready to boycott what we were doing because we were playing a different style than what they were used to. It wasn't traditional by any means. Um, we weren't playing the seniors, which was like totally new concept to them because the seniors weren't as good as some of our younger guys. And we said, you know what, we're going to build for our future. Um, and so I had to learn how to deal with a lot of relationships. Um, but Mr. Wilson guided me through all of that. You know, we, we would sit in his office after every game. And it, there were some times where he allowed me to be wrong because there was multiple times I was wrong. And he knew I was wrong, but he allowed me to be wrong so I could learn that lesson on my own. And that's what I'm so appreciative of Mr. Wilson for is because he allowed me to grow in a way that if I did not have that type of support, there would have been no way I, I would be where I'm at. You know, he allowed me to make mistakes. Um, and so I'm so appreciative of that. You know, it was a challenge, though, you know, taking full full college load, driving an hour there and back every day um, during basketball season. Um, but I fell in love with the relationships. You know, I fell in love with pouring into my guys, um, building something, you know, selfishly at that time. You know, I love the challenge of saying, hey, you can't win there. You know, I, I love that idea that, hey, OK, tell me I can't win there. I think I can. And so. You know, but I knew after that first year, I had a lot of growing to do and I had a lot of studying. And so I had to create an identity for myself. I think that was probably another challenge when I first got into coaching was who was Richard Westerland as a coach? I tried being a yeller. I tried being, you know, a quiet guy. I knew I wasn't a quiet guy. Right. Like I knew that wasn't who I was. But like being a trying to be like a Bobby Knight old school type guy, that wasn't who I was either. And so. I had to really figure out who I was as a coach. Um, and like I said, Brian Wilson was so great to me that he allowed me to figure it out. Um, and so that second year, we go 12 and 11, you know, make the state tournament for the first time in, I think, five years. Um, we uh, end up going to the state quarterfinal, lose to the eventual state champion in overtime. Uh, 
following year, we return a lot of people, uh, and uh, we go 24 and six, um, and we end up winning the conference championship, which is the first time in 17 years, and we won the state championship, which is still the boys' first and only state title that they've had. Um, and so, really, really fortunate that you know we had all the success we did. Um, but in between that first year and that second year was when I found out that I wanted to be a pressing coach. I knew I wanted to play fast. I knew I wanted to bring pressure. But studying Shaka Smart and figuring out the press that worked for us, that's when we started pressing, and it's stuck with me ever since. So we talked about some of the uh, you know early days in your, your career and in your upbringing. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that helped you most grow in, in both your professional and personal life. You know, things you can look back on and say, okay, this really pushed me to my limits, but it helped me get a little bit further and get to the next chapter in my life. What are some of the things you've overcome that have kind of shaped who you are today? Well, I think, you know, um, in a, in a short amount of time, you know, I lost my oldest brother, Bill, he passed away my freshman year of college. Um, and then it was, uh, six years later, um, my dad passed away, um, from lymphoma and then a year, uh, about uh, probably about 13 months after my dad passed away from lymphoma, my brother David passed away from muscular dystrophy. So in a matter of seven years, I lost three very big people in my life. Um, and so I would never wish that on anybody, um, but that certainly shaped me to understand, okay, one, it's not my job to question God. You know, if it's not yet good, God's still working, just like in the story of Joseph. Um, and then two, just like what the Bible says when the disciples are in the storm and, and Jesus is sleeping and all disciples are, are going crazy thinking that they're going to die in the storm and Jesus comes out and calms the waters. You know, I think that if God can bring you to it, he can bring you through it, you know. And so some of those things have definitely stuck with me professionally. You know, Crossroads was a, was I had a great president. I had a great, um, great A.D., um, but there were some things lacking in some other positions that made it difficult and made it a challenge, um, you know, but, you know, the challenges I had at Crossroads were we didn't have a gym. We, you know, we, the, we didn't have a cafeteria, um, but you know what it was? It was a college coaching job, you know, and there was a lot of people that would love to be in the opportunity I was, I was in. And so, you know, I don't, I think what I learned from that is, is like, I don't believe there's a good job or a bad job. I think people make the job. You know, and so I, I know a lot of people disagree with me on that, right? Like they'll say, well, facilities make the job or majors or location. The reality is people make the job. And so if you're great at what you do and, and you're, you, you know, you have a great culture, um, you're going to attract great people. And so that's something that I learned professionally um, through my time at Crossroads and at Wright State where I had a great AD, but I did not have a supportive administration. Um, and we had some other challenges there. Um, but, you know, the reality was, is that, you know, I believe failure can't go with persistence. And so those are some of the things that I learned in, in my time professionally that have stuck with me um, because there, there have been some hard days. There's been days where I questioned, should I just go back to being a high school coach? You know, there was those days. My first college job, we start off our season 0 and 18. We end up finishing our year 12 and one and win the national championship for our level. Okay. And so, and, and at 0 and 15, I was thinking, should I resign and leave? Is this for me or not? You know? And so I genuinely believe failure can't cold persistence. If you do the right things, consistency is key to breakthrough. And so, you know, um, but yeah, my I'm losing my parent or losing my dad and my two brothers was definitely probably the hardest thing that I've had to go through. Um, it taught me a lot. Um, it gave me perspective, um, but it also gave me a deeper sense of my purpose to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and, and when you know your re when you know your why, it allows you to overcome anyhow. And so I and I've always stuck with that. What do you believe is uh, is your why? Like, why is it the you know what is it that gets you out of bed every day and, and continues to bring you to the office every day, especially on those hard days? You know, when you are on the road for, uh, you know, what, however many straight games it was uh, this past year, what is your purpose and what is your why that continues to kind of keep you committed to this uh, this mission you're on? Yeah, so my, my why is twofold, right? And so, you know, this is something my coach, Josh Beer, said to me my first 
week on campus at LBC said, you need to know your why. Once you know your why, it gives you direction, gives you purpose, right? So my why, first off, is when you talk about why I do what I do, I want to impact as many lives through relationships because I believe that, you know, I exist uh, on this earth to impact lives, right? Like that's why I do what I do. I want to pour into people to impact their lives the same way my coaches impacted my life. I would not be where I'm at without my coaches investing in me. So I want to pour into as many people as I can. You know, I want, you know, my my journey, my life to hopefully connect with somebody's story that can help them go get through what they're going through. Um, the second part of my why is I'm doing this to honor legacy of my dad and, and my two brothers. I, I've already mentioned I saw my brothers live in constant pain for over 30 years, defeating the odds of the disease that they said the doctor said they would die at 18. They beat that. They said they they die and they had a zero percent chance to come out of the surgery, and they die at 21. They came out of that. They said, "Oh no, they're going to die at 25." No, they they passed that. My brothers lived till they were 32 and 34, respectively. And so, the way they attacked life each and every day, despite their disease, despite what they they had, they did more in their disabled life than many would do in an able body. They started their own company. They traveled the country. Um, they, they, they met so many people, they impact, they touched lives with everybody they came in contact with because they allowed their story to be shared. And so I'm doing it to, to honor the legacy that they left. And then my dad, the way he just dedicated himself to his family, to provide for his family each and every day, going to work, the way he fought cancer every day, despite it being a, a disease that he knew he likely could not win, he fought every day to be there, to, to walk my sister down the aisle, to, to, to try and make it to, to see me walk with, for my, my master's degree. Um, he didn't end up making it for my master's degree, but the way he fought each and every day inspires me to say, hey, today I got to make a difference the way my dad made a difference in my life, the way my brothers made a difference in countless people's lives. And so, you know, the, the third part of that why is, you know, I'm doing this to provide for my mom. You know, I, you know, I'm, I want to make sure my mom is taken care of and she would never ask me for any, any, any money or anything like that. But I want to get to the point where my mom is taken care of and where she's provided for. Um, and so she's done so much for me and she's been through so much and sacrificed so much for us kids to have the life that we do. Um, that, you know, seeing a picture of her every day is like, okay, Hey, I, I know I've got to, I got to do this because my mom, there was days she didn't want to get up and, and do what she had to do, but guess what? She did it. You know, she did it because she knew she had to. And so um, that's my why, you know, it, it's centered around relationships and centered around impacting, but I tie my family deeply as a part of my purpose as to why I do what I do. You know, coach, we talk about, you know, through our, our day-to-day work, all the challenges we face, talk to me a little bit about some of the battles that most people don't see, you know, some of the battles with adversity, or, you know, challenges that people may not realize happen outside of your day-to-day, you know, operations or responsibilities, things that you guys have run into or things that you run into as a coach where you're like, this is an opportunity for me to leave an imprint and make my voice heard and kind of leave a mark on my program. In in today's society, you know, um, uh, it's, def- it, it, it's very hard right now. It's very touch and go with, with many things. The majority of the guys I coach happen to be African-American. And so, um, you know, there, there's, you know, things that, you know, struggles that they have that I will never be able to identify with as, as a white man. Um, and so having the opportunity to, to share with them, you know, my experience, but also empathize with them about their experience and, hey, how can we be the change that we want to see in the world? You know, because America has come a long way, but we still got a long way to go. Um, you know, I think some of those challenges ha- have been real, you know, talking about race relations and um, and where our country's falling short and what can we do to be a part of the change? Um, you know, whether that's is that a silent protest, is that getting into the community and educating people as far as, OK, hey, this is why we do what we're doing. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Many of my guys uh, have not always come from great family support. Um, so, you know, there's real 
food insecurity and different things like that. Um, you know, many of my guys, they didn't grow up in the church. And so, you know, where they're at in their faith journey is a lot different than maybe some are that, you know, go to most Christian colleges. You know, what I love about Great Lakes Christian College is, you know, when you come here, you're going to learn about Jesus and we're going to teach about Jesus and you're going to grow in your faith, you know, but we're going to take you as you are. That doesn't mean you get to do what you want to do, right? It definitely doesn't mean that, but it does mean, hey, we're going to meet you where you're at and we're going to, we're going to show you Christ's love and, and you're going to buy into who we are at Great Lakes, which is, you know, we're preparing servant leaders for the church in the world. Um, and so, you know, our guys, it's, it's been a process of helping them grow in their faith. Um, but there's definitely been some challenges with that where we've fallen short and we've had to take that on the chin and say, okay, hey, yeah, we fell short in this area, but you know what? We're going to grow. Um, and, and that, and sometimes because uh, you're different, um, you know, and the way we do things that some people don't like different and, and that's okay with me. I'm fine with us being different. I'm fine with being different. You know, that there's nothing wrong with that because I tell our guys, one of our core values is authenticity. You know, I want our guys to be exactly who they are. That doesn't mean that they can't grow. We want them to grow. We want them to, to learn about these. We want them to embrace their faith journey, okay? But we want them, like, the core of who they are and, and what makes, you know, Isaiah Reed, Isaiah Reed, or what makes Trent Temple, Trent Temple. We do not want to change that. We want them to be authentic in that. And so I love the fact that my guys are authentic in who they are. We, we You'll know something about our guys is that we're not going to, hide about our feelings on something um that doesn't mean we always have handled that situation right but you one thing that you can say about our guys is is that we're real you know and so that's something that i appreciate um and navigating those waters of of how to how to coach these guys has been some one of the fun challenges that i've had and you know i i think i've learned more from them than they've learned from me you know so i'm really fortunate to be their coach so another thing that uh, you touched on there is kind of your relationship with your athletes and seeing them be their authentic selves and kind of grow into that uh, ultimate, you know, potential of their lives. If you had a, uh, a goal or I guess a vision for each of your athletes after they leave your program, whether that be graduating, transferring, you know, whatever it is, five years from now, what is your ultimate goal to see them do after they, uh, they finish their athletic career with you at Great Lakes? Well, you know, like one is, you know, obviously the goal is that they graduate, right? Like whether they're leaving, leaving Great Lakes with a degree or they're transferring out, we want, you know, graduation is the expectation. It's not a goal, right? We want to break generational curses. Many of our guys are first generation college students. Um, and, and that degree means so much to, to them and their family and breaking that generational curse, you know, but I want to see my guys being great fathers, you know, being great husbands. Um, you know, many of my guys are already fathers. Um, and so, you know, counseling them on, uh, on, on the things that they need, you know, I, I'm here for, you know, but I want to see them be great fathers, great husbands. I want to see them be great leaders in their communities, you know, go back into their communities that, that need a light and need a leader. Um, and that's what I want to see my guys doing, you know, um, obviously, you know, some of my guys have been fortunate enough to sign pro contracts. That's great. Right. But what I tell them is when you're going, wherever you're going, you have an opportunity to share your story and share your life. And so um, that would be my goal for my guys is that they, wherever they go, they're going to impact, you know, because I tell them they got an opportunity to change the world. And the reality is the world doesn't change with mass people. The world changes with one person. And, and so I'm telling them, you know, we want to see them go change the world. And it starts with one person at a time. From there, you never know who you're going to touch. That one person might influence another person that might influence another person that might influence another person. But it's all predicated upon that we want our guys to be world changers. You know, you talked about kind of um, the, the goal of kind of building that relationship with Christ. Tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you got to know God and, uh, you know, where you gave your life and where you met Christ at. Mm -hmm. So, I, I I mean, I grew up in a um, equally yoked home. My dad was not saved. My mom was. But my mom had us in the church counseling. I got saved when I was four years old uh, in my bed. My mom led me to the Lord. I got baptized when I was eight. I grew up in the church. You know, I was there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, there for Awanas on Monday, youth group on Wednesday. I mean, I was there constantly. Um, the reality was that faith was my mom's faith. It wasn't mine. Um, you know, it wasn't until I got to high school with Tim Booker, um, Coach Booker, when he challenged me, hey, what do you believe and why do you believe it? And, it, um, 
that that faith became my own. And then in college, it became even more my own because I was on my own. My mom wasn't there to hold me accountable, go to church. Um, and so, you know, there, there's been times in my walk that have been really tough, you know, and, and I always know when things are tough is because I'm not in my Bible. I'm not going to church. And my mom can always tell, too, because she'll call me and say, Rich, are you in church? You know, I'd be like, no, mom. She's like, all right, I'm going to pray for you. And it's never good when mom says, I'm going to pray for you. You know, it means that you got to get your stuff together, you know. Um, but, you know, like I had the head knowledge. You know what I mean? I think that's probably the thing that I struggled with and, and the most was like I knew so much about the Bible because I was in church constantly in my youth um, and growing up that I knew everything. I knew the right things to say. You know, I knew um, the responses you have to give to pastors and things like that. But at a certain point, and it, and it happened when I was at Crossroads, when I went through a, a, a very um, hard breakup, um, that I was finally revealed for who I was. That, you know, my, my hidden life and my real life, they merged as one. And so it was in that moment that I had to really, you know, call on God and say, Lord, forgive me. You know, um, I made a mistake. Help me. Um, and I had to get my life back on track because the reality was if I didn't, I would not be coaching, you know, because I made a lot of poor choices drinking. I was in the bars every night. I was sleeping with different women every night, you know, and it took my coach, Luke Gibson, to really say, hey, Rich, you got to get your get your stuff together, man. Like, you know, you're better than that. And so, you know, it was my after my first year at Crossroads, it would have been 2013 or no, 2014 that I really started taking my faith seriously the way it needed to be, that it was no longer lip service, that I was going to be authentic in who I was in Christ. And, and that, you know, I'm so thankful that God's shown so much grace to me because I certainly didn't deserve it. Certainly didn't, didn't deserve all the, the extra opportunities and forgiveness that I've gotten. Um, but, you know, it was, you know, I'm just, I'm, I really get emotional sometimes when I think about my journey and just how God's had his hand of protection around me and how I really didn't deserve, you know, his hand of protection on me. And so, um, you know, it, now I, I get to live in my authentic faith and who I am uh, in Christ. And, I, and I'm, you know, appreciative of the relationship I have with him. I realize that, you know, if I want to have a relationship with God, it's got to be like any other relationship. It's got to be I got to invest in it. And so, you know, Great Lakes has done a tremendous job in, in giving us, me, me and my wife, resources here to continue growing our faith. And we got connected to a great church here. Um, and so I'm, I'm super thankful that, that God's brought in the people into my life. Because, again, um, I could very easily not be in the situation I'm in um, because of some of the choices I made. You know, Coach, one thing that I, I constantly think about when we have conversations about just uh, you know, some of our philosophies and some of our uh, our things we've gone through is our legacy. And granted, you know, both you and I are very young in our career still, but I'm curious, you know, when you think about what legacy you want to leave with your athletes, with your staff, you know, with those in your personal life, you know, what do you what goes through your mind when you think, okay, this is the legacy I want to leave with those that I come across? Well, my hope is that one that Coach Rich cared that he took the time to 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 invest in in me as a person, you know. So that's my hope is that he he cares that he loved me, um, and that uh, the second thing is that he always kept it real. That he he never sugarcoated anything. That he gave real advice um, and was willing to confront the hard conversations that many people don't want to have. Um, you know, third thing is that he, he I want to I want to leave an impact. You know, so my hope is, is that I, I've touched lives that, you know, they will forever uh, remember some of the life lessons that, you know, we've talked about, you know. And so that's ultimately my, my hope that for my legacy. You know, I think that my win loss record, it's not going to be on my tombstone. Um, you know, I, I could really care less about wins and losses at this point. I think that if I was a young coach, you know, back in the day, I, I really cared about wins and losses. And, well, I want this team to be good because I want everybody to know I'm a good coach. And I want these accolades so people know I'm a good coach and it, it justifies things. And 
I want to coach at this level because it means I'm a good coach. And so, but everything was centered about me. And I didn't realize it then when my coach said, you're not ready for the position you think you're in, you know, and, and I didn't realize it, but now I, I, I realize that, you know, everything that I do, it has nothing to do with my win loss record. It has everything to do with, can I win the scoreboard of life with these kids? Can I pour into these, these kids lives? So that way their lives can hopefully get to the level where they want it to be. And so, you know, for me, my goal is, is just to make an impact where I'm at, to bloom where I'm planted. Um, and that the kids, when they talk about me, they'll say, you know what, Coach Rich, he changed my life. You know, and so I, I don't know if I'm doing a great job at that right now, but that's my hope. My hope is that I can I can change people's lives through my position. And, uh, you know, kind of the other side of that, I guess, when it comes to your personal life, uh, you know, everyone always talks about their legacy professionally. But what do you hope to leave kind of in your personal life, uh, whether it be some some goals you have to reach outside of your career or just some things you want to do or be known as or things you can mark off your bucket list, I guess you can say, uh, in your personal life? What would that be? I think for my personal life, the first thing is, is you know, I want to be a great husband to Trisha. You know, I, I she's way out of my league. Um, you know, I don't deserve her. Um, but my hope is I can be a great husband to my wife. You know, I think that's what I'm called to do. Um, the next goal is, Trisha and I don't have kids yet, but my hope is I can be a great dad one day. You know, I want to be there and be present for my, my kids. Um, you know, I think that if I take care of my family and leave that lasting legacy with my family, that's what matters to me. I don't, I don't really have any other goals outside of my professional life. You know, like for me, I want my family to be taken care of. I want my family to know that I love them and I care about them. Um, and I'm doing everything I can to, to, to be the best version of myself for them. So that way we can build something special. And so, you know, do I have goals outside of, you know, my family and outside of my professional life? No, I mean, I don't, to be honest, my goal for my professional life, a lot of people ask me, you know, do you want to move up? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? No, I want to, I want to bloom exactly where I'm planted. You know, I don't know what God has for me, you know, beyond Great Lakes, but I do know Great Lakes is a very special place and I plan on being here for a very long time. And as long as God has me here, I'm going to invest it with everything I got to make this place special and, and to impact it as much as I can and touch the lives that, that come to Great Lakes, you know, and so you know, with that, you know, that means I'm pouring into my wife because I know if I'm doing a great job, if, I, if I'm not doing a great job at home, I know I can't be doing a great job in my professional life. So I think it all starts at, at home, you know, making sure my relationship with my wife is solid, make sure obviously before my relationship with my wife, my relationship with Jesus is good, too, you know. And so but those are my goals, man. Absolutely. And coach, as we wrap up today, I want to just leave this last uh, last segment to kind of give you the floor, is there anything about Richard Westerland, maybe a, a parting bit of wisdom or some experience or some advice, something that you would like people to know about you from this episode? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the best advice I can give anybody is, you know, I, I touched on, you got to bloom where you're planted. You know, I think that sometimes we, we create these lists of what we want for our own lives. I know I've done it in my life, and it's something God's really challenged me with. Um, but we create these lists of far, as far as where we want to be, when we want to be there, like whether that's I want to be married by this time, I want to be at this school, you know, I want to be division one, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. The reality is sometimes we want for ourselves that maybe God didn't promise us and, or maybe God didn't plan it at that time and we get frustrated about something that was never really for us. And so what I would challenge people is they need to rip up their lists and understand that, you know, a God dream is always going to come to fruition, but it's got to be in God's timing. And so I think I found that in my own life. I've wanted all these things for myself. And it's funny how good God's timing works out. God's timing is always perfect. I've never, and you don't realize it till you get to that point and you realize that, you know what, this is why this happened because God was setting up this to happen. You know, I think about the time when I was at Wright State Lake, I got an opportunity to interview for a, a college job in California. Um, it was 20 minutes from my sister, or not my sister, my, my wife's hometown. Her sisters lived about 15 minutes from the college. We thought it was perfect for us. We thought it was perfect. We knew that's where we wanted to be. I didn't get the job. I interviewed, didn't get it. I came in second. You know, president there said he was afraid that I couldn't recruit because I was so far away. Um, 
you know, it was just, it didn't work out, you know, and I was devastated. My wife was devastated. Little did we know, uh, four months later, the Great Lakes job was going to come open. And five months, uh, and a month after that, I'd be taking the Great Lakes job. And Great Lakes is a place that we have just thrived at because this is where God had us. And so sometimes we want what we want, but when we allow God to do what he's, he's doing and take our, take, our, our, take our list and rip it up, it's amazing what God can do when we allow him to work. And so that, that's really what I would challenge people you know, with is because it's been something that God's really worked on me with is ripping up my list and allowing God to do, do his purpose for my life. Because the reality is, you know, his purpose for my life should line up with my purpose for my life. And if they don't, you know, that's where we need to get them aligned. So that's all I got for you, Dalton. I hope that was a good one. Absolutely, Coach. And thank you so much for being with us today. Looking forward to catching up with you real soon as I'll be in your neck of the woods uh, this week. So uh, looking forward to catching up with you real soon and uh, hope all is well with you and your program. Yeah, let's uh, let's do dinner one night. I don't know if you'll be able to get away, but I'll pick you up at your hotel. We can do dinner one night. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me, Coach. Looking forward to catching up with you. Perfect. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you again for having me on. Hopefully I gave you uh, some decent content. Definitely want to thank Coach Richard Westerlin for taking uh, all the time that he took with us today for Box Out Podcast and taking that time out of his busy schedule. And uh, hopefully something today in, in this episode inspired you or something, maybe you pulled something you can learn from in your day-to-day uh, career or your day-to-day walk. And uh, you know that's what this whole show is about. It's not just about the X's and O's of the game and just uh, you know day-to-day things. It's about the life. It's about the lifestyle and the way we view things the way we act things out and the way that we live our lives. And, uh, you know, Coach Richard Russell really pulled back the curtain and shared a lot about, you know, why he believes in what he believes in, you know, what he instills in his program daily. And, you know, I think that last question, you know, about the legacy is always important too. You know, it's very important that we always stop every once in a while and remember, hey, you know, you're writing a new chapter in your story every single day. So as you go through your story, make sure you're taking the time to write what you want to write. Make sure you take the time to understand, you know, what what vantage point you're coming from in your story. So thank you so much to Coach Richard Russell, and you all can keep up with them, uh, Great Lakes Christian College Athletics, throughout the season. Their season is in full swing. We're going to be up there visiting them, playing some soccer uh, this week. So I look forward to catching up with Coach and spending some time with him. But uh, thank you for checking out the Boxed Out Podcast. We've got a fun episode coming for you next week. Be sure to check out the Instagram at 859approved. You're going to see a post about this episode. I'm going to tag Coach there, too, so you can keep up with him. And I just want to say thank you once again for checking the show out. Hope you guys have a great week ahead and a great weekend, and we will see you next week here on Boxed Out.